Hello, and welcome to PDA, Neurodivergence, and the Perpetually Determined Advocate. I am your Perpetually Determined Advocate, Cassandra. This is a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to raising awareness and acceptance of PDA, or Pathological Demand Avoidance, which is a lesser-known part of the autism spectrum. My hope for this podcast is to provide a place of learning and growth, as well as a platform for PDAers, professionals, parents, family members, and others to speak out on this condition, as well as providing resources for those who want to learn more. If you or someone you know would like to come on and use this platform to tell their story, please contact me at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. Now, let's launch into this episode's topic. Happy PDA Day! Oh, and the anniversary of the podcast, right? I cannot believe it's been a year. Wow. Um, When I first started this last year, I had no idea what I was doing. I I still don't, to be honest. (laughs) All I knew was that something inside of me was screaming to start this project and help get the word out. I desperately wanted to do my part to help provide resources and information to other people who had gone through and were going through what my family had experienced. And I wanted to provide a place for community, understanding and acceptance. Um, Living with a PDAer can be challenging at times, right? But one of the most challenging parts is the dismissal of their condition by the outside world. That lack of awareness, awareness and lack of acceptance, right? They judge, they cast dispersion, they constantly advise on how to be a more assertive and stronger parental figure, as if giving more demands would in any way work with a demand-avoidant individual. It's enough to make you want to smack your head against a wall. (laughs) And metaphorically, that's what it feels like every time I have to re-explain PDA to people who interact with my child. Right? Like, I've already told you this. Why do I have to tell you again? When will you listen? When will you accept it? But what makes it more exhausting is when those people are in your family, right? Um, And that's where I want to dive in today, but more with the sibling dynamic. I've wanted to do an episode about this for a while now, but I had to talk my older two children round to the idea. (laughs) Um, And more complicating is the fact that they're rarely home at the same time. Um, Finally, I just resigned myself to the idea of talking to them separately, um, which I still think gets the point across. I mean, as Declan began to increase in his demand avoidance, it put a strain on the household, understandably, right? I've mentioned before that we noticed, you know, little sporadic things from the start. As an infant, he would wail like a banshee if anyone but me held him. I was only teaching part-time at this point, 
And his poor babysitter listened to screaming for almost the entire three hours that she was with him. And honestly, the woman deserves sainthood for all that she handled. And she did it with such grace and compassion. But when he hit two, things started to escalate and continued into year three. But of course, it was all sort of chalked up to terrible twos, right? Because all kids kind of have that period of refusal, avoidance, uh, tantrums and whatnot at, at two. So we just kind of chalked it up to terrible twos, even going into year three. But at four, his teacher at preschool mentioned that we may want to look into getting him checked for ADHD because he had similar behaviors as her son with ADHD had exhibited at that age. But now, you know, after knowing what I know, I kind of wonder if her son may have also fit the PDA profile. The, the increasing struggle and the dismissal of boundaries by Declan was really challenging for my other two kids. Um, at the time, my older kids were 16 and 12. And they were growing into their independence, and they weren't all that interested in having, you know, a four-year-old in their room touching all their things and playing four-year-old games, right? As parents, Shane and I had stressed the importance of respecting people's boundaries. And here was a younger brother who refused to do so. We tried to help keep him out of their things and begged patience of them, but it was visibly frustrating and counterintuitive to the lessons we had taught them that we had expected them to uphold. We expected them to maintain a certain set of behaviors, and here was a younger brother who wasn't being held to those same standards, and that that was very much... Um, a cause of tension in the household and you know, as were the next few years as Declan got older and the other presentations of PDA began to emerge more frequently they would hit breaking points you know he would say inappropriate things or do things that seemed purposefully annoying and those alone were frustrating but add to that the fact that he wasn't really getting in trouble for it because how can I punish a child for something he has no control over, right? So add that to the mix, and they were getting annoyed not only with him, but also with me, right? They would tell me how they had gotten in trouble and received some type of restriction for acting in such ways. And for them, it seemed exceedingly unfair. And I tried explaining to them again, that he was acting on impulse and he couldn't always help what he did but I could see that it was still bothersome and I hated how this was affecting my relationship with my older two kids and I worried that they were beginning to think that I didn't care as much for them or that I favored Declan in some way right I'm a warrior that's what I do and to say it kept me up at night is an understatement and it is very much not just a colloquialism that I'm using there my insomnia escalated and it honestly it hit its peak in 2020 when we entered lockdown um it got pretty dicey in my house um 
to say that, uh, <laughs> to, to say the least, it got pretty dicey here. Um, and I think I maybe was sleeping about four hours a night. I just could not fall asleep. I would lay there and lay there and lay there, tossing and turning. Um, I tried to find ways to keep everybody separated and entertained, you know, but it was a struggle. It really was. And that struggle just circulated in my brain every day whenever I tried to, to shut down. And eventually I, I had to go to the doctor and get a prescription for sleeping meds to help regulate my sleeping pattern again. Um, I still kind of off and on have to use them on occasion when things get bad, but um, for the most part, things have kind of leveled out. And over the past four years, I mean, the kids have learned to adapt to life with a pda -er. They've, you know, begun to understand um, his, you know, presentation and what's going on with him a little better. But it hasn't been easy, right? It is a struggle. And I value communication in the house. And I try to check in with them occasionally to make sure that they feel seen and heard because I think that's important. I acknowledge and validate their frustration, letting them know that it's a challenge for me too, right? I make sure they know that the key isn't that they shouldn't have feelings, right? Um, feelings are natural, and you're going to get frustrated, irritated, angry, etc. whenever something happens that, you know, Whenever there's a meltdown, whenever there's, um, you know, he's trying to push in uh, on them when they're trying to, you know, just sit in their rooms and talk to their friends and whatnot. The key, though, is to acknowledge that you have these feelings, right? Um, feel them, but not necessarily to act on them, right? Don't let your feelings take complete control. And... Because acting out of frustration or anger against Declan will only escalate the situation, right? That was the one thing that I had to get them to understand is that if you act on that frustration, he's going to respond with more and the situation will just continue to grow and escalate. And what was mildly irritating to you at first will become absolutely infuriating um, because he's acting on anxiety. He's he's not in control of what's happening, right? As uh, Harry Thompson likes to say, that's his inner Loki has taken over and it is pushing him to do these things. Um, and so you can't, you can't allow those feelings that you're having to take complete control. Um, now, will there be times whenever it happens? Of course. And you just have to accept that Everyone has those breaking points, um, but do acknowledge that, you know, this is something that he can't control. Acknowledge that you have acted out of frustration and anger. You know, we all try to apologize whenever we've done something to hurt someone. That's kind of an important thing, too. Walking away, that's another thing that I've kind of told them. Just walk, just try to get away. Put space between you and Declan. Go into your room, shut the door. And honestly, I usually step in and try to distract Declan and do what I can to get him away from whichever sibling he's interacting with at the moment to give them that time to separate, to go, to, you know, rest, recharge, and, you know, allow their feelings to be felt and then pass, right? Um, because while Declan does require 
more of my time and energy in order to help him, you know, with the different situations that come up, um, the different presentations of his PDA. The other kids are still just as important. And it's important that to me that they know they have not taken a backseat in any way. You know, that's the one thing I worried over constantly when they would tell me how, well, it's not fair because I'm not allowed to do these things. I'm not allowed to yell at you. And he's allowed to yell at you and he doesn't get in trouble. When I yell, I get in trouble. Um, I'm not allowed to do this, but he's allowed to do this and he doesn't get in trouble. And so it made, I worried that they were going to think, you know, like I said, that he was somehow being favored, um, that he was somehow um, getting special treatment, that he somehow mattered more. I mean, these are the, I worried incessantly that my children, any of my children, could somehow feel less important than the others. I never, ever, as a parent, that was one thing that was paramount to me. I never wanted any of my children to feel like they mattered less. Um, and I didn't, also didn't want them to think that like their feelings or their boundaries mattered any less, right? I didn't want them to think that they as a person mattered less to me. As a child, they mattered less to me. But also... I didn't want them to think that their feelings were less important or that their boundaries, because what worries me in that situation is not so much just the family dynamic, but if you have people who grow up thinking that um, their feelings don't matter as much as others, then they that can translate into their relationships in life. If they think that their boundaries don't matter as much as others, that can translate into their adult life. And I never wanted to teach my children that it, you know they needed to compromise their boundaries or compromise their feelings or dismiss their feelings, right? And so trying to maintain that balance, it is stressful on, on a parent. And I'm not complaining about my son in any way. I'm not complaining about Declan at all. Um, but I think it's important as parents to acknowledge that there is a certain level of stress there, right? We have to acknowledge our feelings too. Um, and so I think that trying to maintain that healthy family dynamic, that healthy sibling dynamic is, is a real struggle for us. And I mean, I can sit here and talk until I'm blue in the face about my outside looking in perspective of the sibling dynamic but honestly I think it would be better suited to get get it straight from the source right so without any further ado here is what my older children have to say about having a PDA sibling now I can do it all right so Shelby for you being the oldest you were kind of used to having a younger sibling around coming in your room and whatever before Declan was here but like explain how it was different with Declan it was a little different with Declan because it's a lot harder to kind of tell Declan no you need to get out um because of the PDA and everything and so I wouldn't say necessarily different in a bad way because you kind of have to show him a little bit of, of different attention um, to make sure that he's not stressed out and anything mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Now, 
for you, Cam, though, you were the younger sibling. And so you kind of had this different dynamic. You now had somebody who was coming to you. Um, and for you, it's also a little bit different, too, because you have some level of neurodivergency. And that's kind of played into your interaction with him, too. So do you feel like that has made it harder for you to process and adapt to his PDA? Um, uh, I, told you, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Okay, so what then... What do you feel is like, how have you learned to adapt then to having a sibling that has trouble with boundaries? Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't really do much. I, cause You know, I don't interact much. So you just try not to engage him yeah. and accelerate things or yeah. escalate things? Yeah. Okay. Um, what about you, Shelby? What do you feel like has been your process for trying to adapt to the way you interact with Declan versus the way you interacted with Cam? Definitely a different approach on the way that I say certain things mm -hmm. um, to make sure that it there's no discrepancy in the way that it comes across because certain things that I would say not only with Cam but with really anybody that I talk to, I would just say it and people would understand it, but it's it's a little bit more of... What's the word I'm thinking of? You have to be a little more precise right. um, to the point to where he understands what you mean whenever you say something rather than having to figure out what you're implying by saying it. Okay. So do you guys think that he is a pretty literal kid? Yes, very yeah. literal. Okay. Um, what advice would you have for other people out there who are siblings to a pda -er? Like, what, what would you tell them? Learn to process things more logically. It is a very hard thing, and I know it's hard for me to just say that because that's how I think, too. I'm a very logical person, a very literal person with the way that I've grown up and learned to think about things, but learning to think more of the literal meaning of words more than the, um, I guess an example I can give is like, for certain slang terms that we would use, mm -hmm. the literal meaning of certain words that we would say are completely different than what we mean. Right. So learning to take the literal meaning of words of what you are saying and think about that to help how, you, how a PDA person would process that. 
to be able to help them understand what you mean more than trying to just say something and they don't understand it and then potential escalation. Right, right. Do you want to, do you have any advice? No, none. Do you guys, early on, did you guys feel like because he was getting a, well, I don't want to say getting away with, but because he was doing things that you guys would get in trouble for, like um, lashing out or yelling at us, did you guys, like, did you have to work through some resentment with that? Yeah. Yeah? Like, did that, how did that make you feel? Ignored, I guess. Ignored? Yeah. Okay. Because he was getting a lot of attention? I guess so. Um, I wouldn't really say that I really had any resentment um, prior to understanding the condition. It was a little bit of confusion, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. but it was never really resentment because I never truly, I, I, like I didn't understand it. And so there was no, there was no reason for resentment there, at least in my mind. Um, right. But like after learning about the PDA and stuff like that it was more of like okay so this is why this has to happen it was it wasn't so much that i didn't i was what's the word there i mean resentment there wasn't really any resentment because i didn't know the why behind it mm-hmm. um and i felt like we all kind of knew that there was something there mm-hmm. but once I figured out the why, it was like, okay, this is why this is happening, and it makes sense. So there wasn't really ever any resentment. It was just more of, there's probably some reason for this, and so it was kind of like an understanding to get around the confusion. Okay. Well, is there anything else you guys would like to add? Don't escalate it. Don't escalate? It is hard, but it it is much better to de-escalate than to escalate. All right. Thank you, guys. KZ, baby. As always, you can email me with any questions, comments, constructive criticism, or concerns at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on social media. Just search PDA Neurodivergence and the Perpetually Determined Advocate on Facebook or Instagram. And until next time, remember, in a world where you can be anything, be kind.